YouTube podcast world. What's up, family? You already know what it is. Pays and Plays podcast here. Good Friday, September 29th. I hope all is well. You guys had a productive week, whatever it is, new check, getting some cheese, new, new goals accomplished, whatever it is. I hope you're feeling good, looking right. I'm feeling good regardless. Uh, we'll talk about what's happened this week, and then we'll get into the best bets. Let's start with the Dame Lillard trade. Dame's my favorite player, man. Like I, I, I've been boxing for him when he was at Portland for a minute, 10 years in Portland. Three-team trade, right? Suns, Blazers, Bucks. Bucks only get Dame. Uh, Blazers get a whole bunch of, you know, Halls, Drew Holiday, Aiton. I think Aiton on this team might be the star player. You know, I think he's potentially be automatically number one, at, at least for the start. It's, it's just really the work ethic. We have to really see with him. Um, Suns got Nurkic. I think that's pretty solid. A couple of little solid bench players they got uh Keldon Johnson I believe so I, I think that's a good move for the Suns for depth reasons as well so I think all teams won only thing I think about the Dane with the Bucks is you got rid of Holiday which is your best on-ball defender for a better offensive player but I mean I still think they'll do okay I mean you know Giannis is going to score damn near close to 40 points some games if Dane can at least drop 30, 20, give you 25, 30 when Giannis is dominating, that's a good look. Milton is there too. You got Lopez. So you got two defensive players right there, Lopez and uh, Giannis. That's all defensive players. Porter's coming off the bench. is an energy guy. You have to worry about that shooting guard spot. I think you got, what's his name? Conniff. What, uh, I forgot his name. I don't want to pronounce his name, bro. Sorry. But I know he's pretty solid as a 3 and D guy. You know, you maybe need some more uh, depth between point guard and shooting guard, but I, I I think the Bucks would be very competitive. I'm a Pistons fan, so when I've seen the Bucks get Dame, now I'm like, damn, now I got a reason to go to see the Bucks games when they play the Pistons, just because, you know, I, Dame is my favorite player. I never got to see him in Portland because I always felt like I wanted to go to a game in Portland, but too late for that. But um, we look forward to NBA. The NBA is coming up in less than a month. So regular season, should I say? So it, it should be impressive. We'll 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 dive into that. College basketball, I, I like doing it as well. People who don't know, I love college basketball and betting the spreads on that. But I don't really mess with college basketball really until like January, because at this point it's straight conference play. You know, the first few months it's invitation tournament games, non-conference games, and you know some non-conference games I do go on, but it's not many because you still got to know who this team is because you're not really paying attention to these teams until January because that's when it's all the March Madness radar and first four in, first four out. You you know how all that goes. So people who know about college basketball. So, you know, we'll we'll we stay on basketball. Trust me, we do more than just football. Don't get it twisted. We got MLB playoffs too. Uh my first initial thought, I'm shocked that the Orioles are the number one team in the AL. But, you know, when you've been bad for so many years for the Orioles, you have all these top-tier picks. You should be doing something, right? So, I mean, 100 wins for the Orioles. Shout out to B-more. Uh Yeah, very impressive, man. Very impressive. Who else do we have? That I know the Braves are um, NL home field advantage throughout the whole entire offs. I think I think the Braves have a very, 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 very good chance to win it. 
at all. It's really off to Houston because Houston, for some reason, always finds ways to be in the World Series nowadays. As far as the AL, I do think Houston might be the team. If it's Houston and, and Baltimore in that conference, uh, you know, like the little AL finals, whatever you want to call it, I do think Houston may take it. Just, it's off pitching. Hitting and pitching, but really pitching. If you can pitch good in the playoffs, you usually have a better shot. So that's just how I look at it. And the Braves have hitting and pitching. And they got two, three hitters. So that's just how I look at it. Uh, we'll probably talk about it uh, maybe more once they start the playoff game. I know it's supposed to be a one elimination game because I know so many wild card races and stuff. So we'll look into that. Follow the Instagram page, pays and plays underscore podcast. If I don't want to ever record on here and have a pick, I usually have picks on my story. So it kind of tells you what I always will have. But uh, we're going to bounce back to last night, gang. The Lions did beat the shit out the Packers. Now, listen, this is my GOAT receiver, Randy Moss, right? Even though I'm a Packer fan, but I really – it's crazy that you can say as, as far as most of our people – most of my fellow peers and people who live in the Midwest can relate around my age. We at one point had Barry Sanders, Randy Moss, Mike Allscott. Yes, if you remember the Buccaneers were in the Central. We had Earl Acker. We had all of these guys all in one division. I don't think we've seen that many players. And I think a lot of my Hall of Famers, too. Chris Carter. We've seen a lot of guys like that. That's just kind of like my childhood. But Randy Moss is my GOAT receiver. I know people would say Jerry Rice is their favorite. That's mostly the old heads. Jerry Rice is number two for me, respectively, because I didn't really see him until, you know, I didn't see him during the Montana era. I saw him more towards the Young and Jeff Garcia era than when he went to Oakland. But it's just the fact that when you catch that ball over somebody and you hear somebody say, you got Moss, it, that right there alone was just, that's pretty self-explanatory. But yeah, Lions, I give them kudos, man. They they did what they were supposed to do against the Packers, my Packers. The one thing that I had problems with the Packers was this conservative pay calling. You're down 17-something. Why are you trying to – at one point it was 21-zip, right? Why are you trying to run the ball when you're down 21 points? If I'm down 21 points, bro, I'm, I already know I'm going to be passing the ball, so we might as well just go ahead and start chunking them. I didn't like to the second half they want to be aggressive and throw these 40, 50-yard bombs, but you weren't doing this in the first half. You wanted to be, you know, here, run the ball, Aaron, here, here, here. And then, you know, the problem I have with Jordan Love, he, he stared down Christian Watson too much. Too much. Like, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, why does he keep throwing the ball to Watson? You know, like, every play was the fucking Watson, it seemed like, almost. Like, you don't have Dobbs. I do think Reed, he is a rookie. I do think he could be a guy that could blossom as far as a, a slot receiver, you know, number three receiver, you know. But, yeah, they, they didn't play good. Zaire Alexander didn't play, so I, I kind of expect the secondary to be kind of poo. Um, yeah, man, the Lions really – I had to give respect and respect this due. They did come out there and get the win. You have to – and now my thing is – we have to worry about them until Thanksgiving game. And that might, that probably will be a pivotal game because I know all the trolls, especially Lions fans, talk about my team. We're going to be last in the division. I don't, well, as you see, the, the two other teams are winless in the division. I don't think we're going to winless. Um, if we go eight and nine, 
for first year without Aaron Rodgers with a new quarterback, I think I'm pretty okay with that. I don't think you get rid of Jordan Love this season. You give him at least one more chance next year. We know about the quarterback classes that might be coming in next year. Then if that doesn't work out, then go ahead and get a quarterback. But, um, yeah, man, Lions are looking kind of serious. They do have a, a, a tough road ahead coming up with some of the games I've seen. They'll beat Carolina. They play at Tampa Bay at Tampa. That's a game where they should win. But, I mean, who, who really knows? They play Baltimore. They play a couple teams that's actually interesting, honestly. Uh, as far as for the Packers, they play Vegas next week. Uh, they play a couple of weak teams, honestly. I think they should at least be kind of solid. But all this getting blew out in the first half and then having to come back, that hurt them last week. They got lucky last week. Them doing the same thing this week is what cost them to lose because you can't all of a sudden want to score points second half because you, you got shut out. Come on now, coach. Stop with this conservative shit and be aggressive sometimes, bro. Dan Campbell is aggressive. This guy goes for it on fourth downs. You know, I mean, but it's it, it honestly makes sense because he's least in uh, enemy territory. So it makes sense to do that. But come on, man. We we need some more aggressiveness from the floor. Come on, now. You do better than that. But let's go on to best bets, man, for this week. College football, let's start with that. Last week, last week, I'm going to say it, 0-4. So if you faded me, you probably went in the parlay. You probably went undefeated, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, man, a couple games was just fuck. It's just flukery shit, and that's how that happens, man. But we hope for a bounce back. The next day, I bounced back in the NFL three and one. You know, people trolled me when I went 0 4 in college, but that happens. But they didn't say shit the next day when I went three and one, right? You know how that goes. But, um, let's get right into it though. Friday night football game tonight, we have BYU against Cincinnati. Cincinnati will be traveling out to bring them young. And I got BYU minus two and a half. The number has been changing a lot. I don't know if the Sharps been putting money on the Cincinnati. I don't know what it is. I checked the injury reports. It's now flipped to BYU plus one and a half, which I figure right before kickoff, it might go to a pick Um, There's no more plus money value on the money line. I did sprinkle a little bit when I saw that line. But it's simple well with Cincinnati. I have a lot of questions. You only scored six points against Oklahoma. Granted, Oklahoma is a lot better than last season. Better defense. But six points at your home crowd. Come on, six points. They covered the spread because it was, what, 14 and a half? But come on now. Really? That's unacceptable. Then you then you lose to Miami, Ohio. That's even more of a head scratcher to me. They were 14-point uh, favorites on that game and lost outright. I have a lot of – and that was both home games. So what makes you think traveling to Utah, higher elevation, BYU Friday night game for BYU, televised is always a hostile environment. I've watched these games even from the Zach Wilson days, and they always perform pretty good. This home crowd, though, I do think BYU bounced back. They did lose to Kansas. I had them as the best bet last week for plus eight and a half. They lose by 10. So, of course, I lost by a point and a half. But that game was close all game. If you watch that game, at one point it was tied up 14-14. So, hey, it happens. Well, Cincinnati has a problem with stopping the offense as what we've seen. And BYU is, I want to say, 62nd, 63rd in total offense. Defense is a little shaky. 
But I, I anticipate being at a home field environment. They show up against this game. They give Jones uh, a headache because I know Jones is a, good, is a solid dual threat guy. But, you know, I, I just think this game is, is a bounce back game for BYU. They've been battle tested already going to Arkansas and winning outright. They were even d- double digit point underdogs in that game. So I do see the momentum playing against the lower tier team in the Big 12. This is this is no longer the Sauce Gardner, uh, Ritter days in Cincinnati. You know, this is a whole new team, whole new coach. And BYU has their program established. They got them grown men. They got the Mormons playing. So we're going to take BYU minus two and a half that I already have from earlier in the week. But plus one and a half, or you like them to win outright, wouldn't nudge my nose if you do that as well. Last week, college football, because we only had two. We have Colorado, USC under 73 and a half total points. Yeah, 73 and a half is a lot of points, but it's because you're looking at USC how much they score points. They score sometimes usually in the 40s, low 30s. And with Colorado, you're kind of looking at last week, probably like, hey, this team got dropped 42 points on them. That was crazy. Uh, and the crazy thing is, I went with Colorado plus 21 last week, and I fucked up because the whole the whole world was on Colorado. And I talk about usually fading the public. The whole world was on Colorado. I can say I'm probably one of the few people that was on Colorado back in December when everyone didn't know how Dion would do it. I had a confidence to say I think they would be decent. I still think a seven, a seven, eight win team would be pretty solid. I have uh futures with them. I have over three and over four and a half win totals. So I'm pretty much one game, two games away from hitting both. I feel very confident that, that will hit because if they lose the USC, you still have Arizona, Arizona State. I think they win those. They beat Stanford, UCLA. They may have a chance to beat them too. Just my early predictions on that. But this total is what I see value in. Plus 21, if you like Colorado, take it. But the under to me is more valuable. 12 o'clock Eastern game, which means it's going to be a 10 a.m. game in Colorado. If you're USC, that means 9 o'clock a.m. Really, your time, your body would be, you know, you're really functioning off 9 a.m. West Coast time. I think this is going to be a slow game to start. So the first half may be very slow. The first half is maybe like a, if it's anywhere combined about 20 points, I feel very confident on the, on the under hitting. That's really my trajectory. I think about 21, 27 points, even that. But Caleb Williams from, I had a friend of mine that was at the Arizona State game when they played him, and he told me first half he was playing dog shit. I didn't watch the first half. I tuned into the second half, and I was seeing Arizona State giving USC a run for their money. Now, if you feel confident with taking the plus 21 with Colorado, you're pretty much saying USC defense is vulnerable. Shador Sanders has a shot to bounce back. I agree, but the reason why I like the under, I think Colorado defense steps up a little more better than they did last week. I always say when you get blew out one week, you do better usually next week. Uh, I think that 42 burger is still on their head, and there is no Travis Hunter. I think Shiloh Sanders is supposed to be playing. I heard he wasn't playing, but I think he's supposed to be playing. I'm not really 100% sure, but I still like the under in this matchup. I, I think, you know, the, the problem with Colorado is the trenches. I do think USC makes some plays on the defensive end with against Colorado, and I see Colorado doing something okay against the defensive end with them too. So just give me the under, man. This is going to be a competitive game, but under 73 and a half is what I love. Now, let's get into it with NFL. 
best bets, two of them, and we have a teaser that we'll call a day. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three. They play the Falcons. I already mentioned it. It's going to be a London game, which they play these games every week. It seems like in, at least once in the season. I think next week they play Buffalo at London. So this is something they're used to always doing. But good bounce back spot. They lost bad against the Texans. I did say Texas will cover this game at least. They lost really bad. I see a bounce back spot. They play against the Falcons team that I, I have been saying it. You stop the run, you stop this whole team. You know, Ritter, Ritter got shaken up. And I can see the Jaguars doing the same thing with Josh Allen. And you do have Trayvon Walker. Walker has been improved. I still would have went 800 single first overall pick. That's just my opinion. But Trayvon Walker has been a lot better than last season. And you key off that. If they're going to run the ball, I, I think Jacksonville defensive line does pretty well against the, against the run. So, you know, offensive line is shaky for, for Atlanta as well. It's been shaky for the last almost four or five years, honestly. And they've been actually trying to drive first round, second round tier talent. And it just hasn't been working out, unfortunately. But I'm going to go with the Jags to bounce back. This is a Ridley revenge game. He was with the Falcons. I think this is a get back game for him as well. Anytime touchdown scored, I wouldn't I wouldn't nudge my nose at that. ETN has a great game. I, I see an all-around good game from the Jaguars. This is a 9-30 Sunday morning game, just to let you guys know. Next game, we have Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. I'm taking the Browns minus two and a half. Now, yes, this is the third straight week that I went, I'm going against the Ravens. But the one thing last week that I was into, when I had Colts plus eight and a half, I didn't realize until after I recorded the video, the Sharps were all on the Colts. I kind of felt some way in the good positive note, like, well, if they're thinking what I'm thinking, this might be a play. Not only did they cover that, actually outright won that game regarding Minshew. Well, this, this week in particular, the Sharps are all on Cleveland. And I and I feel and I and I feel the same way. I, I can't really nudge my nose at that. Cleveland will have a top five defense. I'm calling it now before the end when the end of the season happens, Jim Swartz will get a head coaching job again. He will get a head. I, I'm almost confident he will get a head coaching job. I mean, what he's doing with Cleveland defense, I haven't seen this in a while. I knew Miles Garrett. I always was mentioning Miles Garrett, this Miles Garrett is that, but so Darius Smith has been playing in good. Their linebacker core has been pretty great. The secondary, I think, is probably the best secondary in the NFL. You know, you got uh you got Newsom on the other hand, you got Denzel Ward, you got uh is it Dupit, Dupit, the guy from LSU. Um, pretty good three solid secondary players. I believe you still have Greedy Williams too, right? He might be like a little second nickel corner. But dime corner, but I, I still see this defense as being solid. You go to the offensive side of the ball, you got three weapons. Elijah Moore has been playing pretty good. He stepped up. You know, Down People Jones, he's kind of like the utility man. You know, you can give him a little reverses. He can kick return for you. He can catch some. His 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 uh catching has been a lot better. I remember his Michigan days. He used to have dots right there and drop them. Now he's pretty much catching them now. Amari Cooper has been pretty impressive as well. Uh, you got Nadoku, the, the tight end. He's pretty solid. The offensive line, even though you lost, ooh, you lost Coughlin, I want to say, for this season, is still pretty productive. 
the running back spot. I know Nick Chubb is 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 a big L with no Nick Chubb, but you got Ford stepping up. Kareem Hunt, he already knows the system. He's been doing pretty solid. But we look at the Ravens spot, and this is really why I'm fading the Ravens. The secondary is still not good. You know, I don't even know Humphreys will play this week. I don't, I don't think he plays maybe maybe what week six usually uh with the PUP players. So, you know, Marcus Williams, you that's already two solid secondary players that you don't have still. The D-line has been shaky. You got Ojabu who's questionable. You know, I respect Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. I say it every week about those two because those they probably are the best linebacker tandem I've seen this season, just from what I'm seeing as far as name recognition. Uh, I say behind that is probably Levante, David, and David White. Those are probably 1A and 1B, in my opinion. But it's the injuries. Kyle Hamilton is pretty – he had a hell of a game against the Colts, but you're pretty much making him another linebacker. I don't see him too much as a secondary player. I see him as, you know, a Jamal Adams, a hybrid-type safety that can just kind of do a little bit more. You know, Kyle Hamilton can run horizontally up and down the field. I don't know about vertically. That's how I look at him. But, you know, the injuries has been a thing. We can go to the offensive side. Your Stanley is always injured. I think he's not going to be playing this game. Linderbaum might not be playing this game. So you're already down two linemen. And you saw how that happened last week. The Colts were able to – they used the, the usual forefront and were able to get through the, uh, the offensive line for the Ravens. I see this happening with Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. You worry about DeForest Buckner, but Miles Garrett, I believe, is going to be Defensive Player of the Year, unless Michael Parsons leads this Cowboys team to, you know, the number one team in the NFC. That's just how I look at it. But running backs, J.K.'s out for the season. I think Gus Edwards was having a concussion protocol. Justice Hill is also on the injury list. I, I mean, so you're going to rely on Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake. Yeah. You saw how that happened last week, right? You know, receiver room, OBJ. I don't know if he's going to play. You know, I see him posting on Instagram. He's trying to work out and try to, you know, get his strength back. But I don't know how quick that can be. Bateman's out. I mean, there's a lot of injuries with this Ravens team. And that's what always been hurt in the last few seasons has been injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Even last season, right? They made the playoffs while Lamar Jackson, but injuries. Uh, I just, I just see it being really tough for him. I like Zay Flowers, and that's pretty much him and Andrews are just the two playmakers. We know Lamar Jackson's going to use his feet when he needs to, but I just see an athletic guy like Miles Garrett is going to make ruckus. And then you got to worry about, like I said, Zadarius Smith. I think the Browns play very productive. We Deshaun Watson feeds off how he played against the Titans. I think I'm not saying this is a blowout game, but if it's like a like a 21-10 game, I could see that happening because I don't know how the Ravens – the Ravens, when it comes to the Browns lately, has been losing games in Cleveland a lot, and it's been like blowout convincingly. So we'll uh, go with the Browns on this one. Lastly, I do have a teaser for this week, seven-point teaser. I think this is pretty solid. Um, i also break down some of the teams that I didn't mention on here that is on the teaser, and I can tell you my, my thoughts on that one. So let's go ahead and start. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three. We're going to bump that up to plus four. We got the Rams for plus one and a half. I do think they make this game competitive and close. I don't know if Minshew's going to be playing or Johnson, not Johnson, Richardson. 
But I do think they keep the game close. So from plus one and a half to plus eight and a half, we got the Eagles from minus eight and a half to minus one and a half. Chargers from minus five and a half, drop down to plus one and a half. The Cowgirls, yes, the Dallas Cowgirls, minus six and a half. We're going to drop that down to plus half. So pretty much they have to win the game or it's a tie and, they, and you know, you win that bet. And we have the Chiefs minus nine and a half to minus two and a half. I don't like the nine and a half because, listen, Chiefs don't cover games like this. Yes, they blew out the Bears, but the Bears suck overall. I don't know about them scoring crazy against the Jets defense. That's just how I really look at it. But you guys, continue to like, subscribe, like the content, man. This is going to be an all-season thing. So, as always, you guys be safe out here, and let's get this money out here.